0: Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Marvel Hacks Season 7 Issue or Episode 2, depending on what you like, of the Marvel Hacks as we are walking our way slowly but surely through Jonathan Hickman's relaunch of the X-Men. Last week we did House of X. This week we do Power of X. And it's going to be a little bit of a difference. No blurred notes. No other books. No that's day one for DC. Uh, because Power of X got us uh kind of bent a little bit because this is one dense book. It's kind of weird, and we got to go through it uh, a little bit page by page, panel by panel to make heads or tails of this whole thing. On the line tonight, I got my two favorite Marvel hacks on the line. It's the Sandman, Samman, say what's happening.
1: Meet you all, fellow mutants. Good evening, and what is going on?
0: Hey, not too much. We are recording on a Friday night. My job was straight tripping all week, not giving me a chance to... I mean, have the audacity to make me work at work. That's some straight-up bullshit. Uh, So, yeah. So, uh, (laughs) we're on recording Friday night instead of our usual Wednesday or Thursday. Also on the line tonight, it's Brother Beeman. Say what's happening.
2: Hey, y'all. Welcome back.
0: Yeah, welcome back. Uh, We're on a regular schedule here, too, you know, again, before uh, work Mm -hmm. jumps in the way of anything. So, hopefully, we can get through Hickman's run here without too many hiccups. Um, just generally speaking, as I I mentioned to before we started recording, the intro music this week um is one of the X Men theme songs from the movies. I, I I was telling y'all that I wasn't really sure that I liked it all that much. We've been using Pride of the X Men. And I was saying to y'all that I didn't think that, you know, Fox or whoever was doing the music on them don't understand Brother Beavis how how the theme music of a, of a movie can actually make the, the movie much better. They just don't pay attention to that. Star Wars theme's been played for, you know, 40 years now because people recognize it and know it. And I don't think the Fox people had that in mind.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, I think the other part of it, too, is, like, I don't think when they made the first X-Men movie... Uh, you know no one knew that was going to be the basis for a franchise in any way and even as rocky as it's been so I imagine there was some budget uh, decisions that had to be made and they probably couldn't get John Williams uh, to come in and make the score (laughs) for uh, the X-Men so you know and and that might have just established some bad habits but yeah I mean the point you make in regard to the music is a good one and I would uh, a modern day example is like the sound in um, like Into the Spider-Verse is one of the best Uh, you know graphics aside because that was their big development but the sound in Into the Spider-Verse is one of the amazing parts of it and yeah there's just all different parts of it yeah. So you know, back yeah. then they didn't. I, I'm gonna give them a pass. I'm gonna assume they didn't have the budget to make everything passable. I mean, like their costumes weren't great. The writing was decent, and they, you know, they had the the legacy. But I'm I, I, I'm gonna assume they had to cut a couple corners to get that movie made in the first place. So I I'll give them a pass. They already
0: they had already cut corners on Halle Berry's wigs. They couldn't have found somebody <laughs> to use the soundtrack. So and I, again, anyway, I'm assuming I,
2: they fired her accent coach halfway through. Uh,
0: yeah, so. exactly. Too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, could you come to the office and bring your playbook? Um, this ain't working out. All right, um, <laughs> also, uh, yeah, Sandman. You know, we were talking before, like how the Avengers theme music comes on when the, you know when there's about to be a battle or whatever, and it's just a, an absolute hype moment. Again, I'm telling the story and I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about the Avengers theme music. You said you bought it, right?
1: Yeah, I bought. I buy a lot of. Uh Scores and uh, music for uh, stuff I like, and the Avengers is one of the very first ones I liked. Uh, that I, I, you know, when you could start buying stuff on Apple and stuff like that. So, yeah, man, that that theme is epic. I mean, obviously, the being the number one movie in the history of man kind of uh, helped promote that theme. And so, yeah, I mean, it's totally epic. And uh, uh, yeah, the Avengers, like the first Spider-Man theme for uh, um, the Tobey Maguire movies, that one actually too bad either. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it's not on this level, but it, that shows you how uh, a good theme can um, be memorable, you know, and just propel the yeah. movie. And so, yeah, I think there's a really good example of those. So, you know. So I have yeah. to ask Sam, Man, it, do you it.
2: have the Batman versus Superman theme? On? Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> yeah. No comment? Yeah, no comment. <laughs>
0: yeah. What do you want me no. to say? <laughs> 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 uh, if you don't get that joke, you have not been with us long enough. Hit the archives, folks. Um, <laughs> hit the archives. Uh, that's all we can say. All right. All right, so, yeah. So the re- recap from last week, we really enjoyed House of X. Uh, it was different. It was new. It do. was fresh. It was <laughs> a very fresh take on the mutants that we've grown up reading and loving for a bunch of time and pretty much cleanse the palate of all the crap that we have seen over the last, you know, at least three to four years we've been doing this podcast and maybe even longer than that. And so this relaunch is going to be every other week with this House of X, Power of X. And so Power of X, before we jump into the book, I guess, without giving spoilers, and we're going to spoil it when we get into it. Like, what were your thoughts initially, Brother Beavis, after you got through it? Because there's a lot going on.
2: Yeah, I think the one thing is it's 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 markedly different from House of X in that, mm-hmm. you know, that was a story in a certain time that, that has a beginning and the end. And this one is telling sort of an amalgam of stories over time. It's much kind of harder to get a feel for. And whereas, I, you know, I didn't necessarily have to reread House of X to get it. I, I had to go back through Powers of X to try and start to make sense of it. So um, yeah. uh, going in, it's like, you know, why are there two books? You know, is it just, are they telling a story that's interweaved through the two? And in a sense, they are, but I think it, it's sort of a different, you know, it's not a, it's not a linear narrative. And so it's, it's as if there's something significant happening through the arc of House of X, and then there's a larger story in Powers of, Power of X. So this is, this is our first taste of the larger story, uh, but, yeah, it was it was definitely much more difficult to kind of engage with and make sense of and understand.
0: A word that we used last week a lot was ambitious um, mm-hmm. with house effects, and I would say that that would continue here, uh, Sandman, that this is an ambitious effort um, to, honestly, we don't really know what yet, but what were your <laughs> thoughts here going in? You know, Don't spoil it yet.
1: Yeah, I'm not saying anything. Yeah, ambitious is... Um I would definitely use that word, because um, they're skipping from, uh, I don't want, i don't really want to spoil it, but um, from, let's just say, one part of the story to another, and um, you're trying to piece together what's going on here. I mean, we still don't really know, even from the last uh, book, like what's going on for, for real. We have some bits of information, and so we have kind of a basis, but we're introduced to a lot of characters that we don't know in this one. What... Alongside some long-standing um, X-Men and uh, vil- villains and um, regular characters, so we're still trying to figure out what's going on here. And all the while, they you right. know, they drop a lot more knowledge on you again, just like the last book. And so,
0: yeah, it's this is more of it a mystery.
1: Me, yeah,
0: yeah. It makes me think that, and kind of t- tagging on what you said, brother B, before we get into the book, is that we have two books that are going to converge on one another. Like they're just kind of, yeah. they're pushing each story like they're going to meet somewhere in the middle by the time that we're done. Because it, that's really the only conceivable way is that you're telling a story that's going to span, you know, a thousand years in one book and kind of telling a modern story in modern day in the other. Like there's some, somehow they're going to have to meet up and make those things, yeah. you know, not be parallel. They're going to have to crash at some point. So I'm right. The, how one of my there, misgivings that, going
2: into the relaunch in general was, like you know so they they made this entire thing about the secret wars being sort of we have all these alternate realities and we're collapsing them down to one and if you just look at the slick sheets on the next generation of books it's like okay well this sounds like all different worlds and so i think i think they're teasing out a, a way that they can tell stories in essentially different time and place that's different than the way they've done it before i don't know if that's the direction it's going but you know it seems like they're they're adding sort of a different dimension to the universes that we've seen up to this point
0: right yeah so yeah we're gonna get into it here very you know right now uh so house excuse me power of x jonathan hickman art by rb silva um a very well drawn book uh just off the top by the way and actually yes. both books uh yes. very well drawn definitely will draw you in they definitely paid top dollar to get good people on these books so that is uh, greatly appreciated um, so the early parts of this book for Power of X we see Charles Xavier uh, in our opening panel and then they go through this thing where uh, Sandman talked about where we're going to go through a thousand years essentially of the X-Men and so it's X0, X1 or X to the first power X squared and then X cubed or whatever so X mm-hmm. is year one is the dream it's, actually, it's year, actually
2: an exponential counting system not a power oh, counting I, yeah. system
0: <laughs> right. thank you and you know what we're, my, there's a note in here where we're going to talk about you and math and me and my family but we're going to get to it here eventually oh um, so year one is the dream uh, year ten is what the, the making the world. of the world seri- yeah you yeah. get Charles uh, with the mask on mm-hmm. uh, year ten is Nimrod and the war and then X cubed is the ascension um, so yeah. Uh, the first thing that I noticed here from before is, one, we have Charles with no wheelchair, um, and he hasn't been in a wheelchair in either of these two books. And I was like, mm, that's interesting. Uh, and then he's well, he's at a fair, uh, and then, you know, actually the first couple of panels, there's no dialogue, really, of this. And then we introduce Moria McTaggart. Who, did either of y'all think that was rogue, though? At no. first, I
1: thought, I didn't know, I didn't think it was rogue because of that, some of way she was dressed but the color kind of threw me off on a minute so
0: yeah wasn't sure well yeah she had the yeah she had the well she had, oh, I don't know about you for brother beavis but she had this green jacket on or whatever and you know you didn't see the skunk st- uh stain or whatever but i was like oh, is that robe but <laughs> no about I, that I, that. I don't know i Sorry, thought it, I it was, it was i just assumed no, like, from yeah. the opening
2: quote like they have the the white page with the quote mm-hmm. i kind of assumed that was the cue that this was mora and uh i will add to that like in the the last run of x-men they had everything open with a like that black page with one floating dialogue box which
0: Mm -hmm. i don't think
2: ended up being anything and yet this whole scheme Mm -hmm. here where they've got this white motif with the the black uh you know the x the x notation and the different language that they created i mean it's i appreciate that they've got this sort of uh, this motif of where they provide you other information that's consistent throughout yeah. the story and meaningful so
0: mm-hmm. Well, and you know one of our major complaints about modern comics is that there is no thought boxes No dialogue boxes no plot boxes or whatever. It's just like, you know, hey This is all going on accept it and shit it and take it and so at least especially these two books have been you know quite full of um, explanations of what the hell is going on or at least partial explanations so they're at the fair, they're both discussing what they enjoy, you know, and first off, I don't know how they went to a fair, and nobody said, well, the only reason I'm here is for funnel cakes, because that's the only fucking reason I go to a damn fair. <laughs> um, and so Lawyer gives this line, it's like, you know, a fair is just a distraction from what's really going on, or for people that need a distraction. And then Charles is really enjoying the fair, you know, without a funnel cake. And Moria notices how happy he is, you know, and she tells him, she, you know, she walked up to, you know, she's gone through the midway and seen all these types of things. And she stops and makes this explanation. Now, this is where I start to get confused. I also have a side brother topic here, too. Does anybody, well, not anybody. Do either of you two remember when our um, former middle school used to have the fair every year at this oh, school? Yeah. You, you oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. So okay, yeah. Then they had to stop doing it because people couldn't behave. I'm using the word people because I can't use the word I wanna use right now. And um <laughs> yeah, we, we know the word people um, yeah. yeah, um and but the funny thing is the last time they had a fair this is <laughs> you talk about a brother Beavers making lemon cake being white, uh, the whitest <laughs> thing I may have possibly ever done Okay, so I went to one of the Midway Fair games, and I won whatever. I don't know what the hell, I, what game it was, because I'm not good at any of that stuff. I won the game, and I, I, what I picked up was a Death Leopard Mirror. Um, you know. <laughs> <Damn. laughs> It's like, oh yeah, I'm definitely taking this back to the house. Uh, I may or may not have gotten clowned on the way, the way home for that. But anyway, alright, so... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, yes. Yeah. So she says the three people at the fair, or the three things at the fair, uh, the magician is somebody, it's a girl who has one foot in two different worlds, or a foot in both two worlds. The tower, which is the monolith of ascension. And then the devil, or the red god, and he's the last of a dying religion, which I'm assuming is Nightcrawler. So, let's. who do y'all think the magician is? Brother Beavis? So,
2: at this point,. Like, obviously, it looks like Ileana. Um, but at this point, like, I mean, there's so many cues that this isn't really real that I don't know what to believe. And I think they get into it much later. But, yeah, but it, she's got the sword. Um, you know, she's got the pointed ears. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but she's also phasing through a wall, which seems like Kitty. So, yeah, it's mm-hmm. just, yeah, I, not ready to commit at this point.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. The tower, the monolith yeah, of ascension. I got nothing. I got guess, nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, I have nothing on that one. I'm Like, um, okay. And then the devil—that's obviously Nightcrawler and playing off his um well, it may be religious path. It may be
1: azazel
0: it Oh, oh, okay. They, yeah, good call. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. About what? He might be a, He said it might could be a zazel. Yeah, well, I thought about that too because he's
2: red, right? exactly
0: mm-hmm. yeah okay but you know but Azazel I mean and correct me if I'm wrong I don't know that Azazel had any um like religious stuff you no know, whereas know. Nightcrawler we know does it's yeah. kind of tied to his faith or whatever yeah, that's uh, definitely well, it, it, yeah it's more an archetype
1: than, than that, the actual character like the Ileana slash kitty character with the sword is facing through the wall that's kind of both of their powers put together so it's almost like an archetype of all their powers together, and uh, the, maybe the Zazel slash Nightcrawler uh, character its kind of the same thing,
0: so. right.
1: you yeah, have the religion. Yeah, is, and we'll
0: uh, talk and about that too, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, that's a good point, and we'll talk about that when we get to a latter part of the book. Um, and so, Moria comes back, and she's like, you know, I looked through all these things, and you are what I was actually looking for, you know, the strong man. So I was like, I ain't strong, or whatever, and she's like, no, <laughs> Uh, but I saw how happy you were. He's like, well, I just had a wonderful dream and my my role, you know, about of a better world and my role in it. And she's like, well, nigga, what if that ain't a dream? Uh, maybe it's all reality. And she's like, huh? And, you know, and she gets to this point, you know, do you know, you know, essentially like, you know, why don't you read my mind? Because there's something going on here. You know, we go a ways back between, you know, you and I, how do I know you? We go a ways back. And so read my mind, find out. And then, he, you know, the last panel of Charles that we see, he's like, oh, and, you know, and that's the end of that part of it for us. You know, and I, my thought was initially is like, I don't I was like, OK, this is kind of cool. And, you know, you want to see that story play out and then it shifts on you completely. And you and that's the part that I think is a frustrating thing for me. But the reason that I think it's frustrating is because we've we've been force-fed microwave stories for so long. Like that would have already finished itself out in one issue. Like we haven't had a chance to like have something build with some any version of momentum to be like, oh, you know, I need to anticipate what's actually going to happen next. And if if nothing else, these books, even if they wind up shit in the bed over the next few months or whatever, they've at least built a version of anticipation of like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen next, you know, and I'm very curious as to what happened. So yeah, right. that would have so been cliffhanger on a whole different. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. So year 10, um, it picks up where we left off in House of, or yeah, House House of X, X. uh, Mystique. Yeah. Mystique has returned from her mission, uh, where she wound up losing Sabretooth to the Fantastic Four. Uh, she's back to Krakoa. She brings a flash drive back and it brings it to House of M and brings it to Magneto and Magneto is like the happiest mutant on the earth now. Like, whatever Charles has done or whatever Krakoa has done to him, I don't think I've ever seen Magneto this happy. And, um, so basically he comes in and he's he's like, hey, here's that flash drive. He's like, yeah, Mystique's like, yeah, I'm gonna need something else, though. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he gives this line about, like, you know, I don't know if Charles or Magneto delivers this line of, like, isn't helping your fellow mutants a, a reward enough? Yeah, you know, and I thought that was a very. Did y'all think that was a very Magneto line, No, That did not. Be, I mean, yes, again, this was a different Charles, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's just a very Magneto esque line. And yeah. she's like, "No, that's not enough." Charles reads her mind, and he goes, hmm, "That's fair, but I got demands too." And you know, and she, try, you know, she throws that same line back at him, and he's like, "Hey, we're building a, you know, essentially, we're building a perfect world. Um, they ever somebody's mm-hmm. gonna owe us something." You know, what do y'all think about that scene, uh, Brother Beavis? You know, Mystique and Charles and them.
2: I mean, uh, the fact that we're not clearly seeing Charles Xavier's identity is, I think, to me, uh, a cue that something is different. And we're seeing an edge here that, you know, maybe it's it's significant that we're in a period that's no longer called the dream. uh, Because (laughs) he had this idealistic (laughs) vision for the first ten years. And you know now maybe he's learned there's a different way. And they, you know he's it's it's strange that he's putting mutants above humans in a way that Magneto would have in the past. and yet yeah. it's still conveyed as sort of progressive and peaceful. Right.
0: right. And it's only a 10 year change too, you know yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's 10 a, years you know, in comic
2: time, right. I was thinking about that. like I take <laughs> I take like year zero to be like X-Men number one. And then in comics, so if if Cyclops was 16, 17 at that time, is Cyclops 26, 27 now, or is he older than that? So, Mm. I mean, I I took it as that 10 year is the comics time uh, between 1963 in our world and and 2019, 10 years for the regular (laughs) X-Men.
0: Okay, yeah. (laughs) Biblical time. Um, <laughs> build the world in seven days time okay so x2 then uh, is the war and now I'm really confused okay so as soon as you took away like faces that have made any sense to me I'm like okay now I'm completely out and so now there's mutant hunters uh, this looks like post battle with there's one mutant that's uh, about to die and there's some like protocol in the mutants now that whenever they die, the the hunters can't read their minds to get the information. They, you know, their minds wipe like when they die or whatever. And so mm-hmm. the other mutants that are there, that's what a syllable, which is a mutant yes. hunter, uh, a hound. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about the black brain telepath or whatever. And then we have um, the cardinal, the red devil there, and this. Whatever amalgam creature yeah. of Ilyana, and she's called Rasputin. And so, yeah. and she's got Close multiple thing. mutant powers.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and these mo- are the multiple four characters power. that appear on the cover as well,
0: or four mm-hmm. of the characters. On the card, and, yeah, with the sword. Yeah, and bit, yeah. yeah So, um, so they there. gets captured, uh, and there's a relationship, obviously, between Syllibel and Rasputin and she wants to rescue her and uh she goes out there to make the you know the hot tag save or whatever and it doesn't go where the cardinal doesn't fight like the, you know he doesn't fight he doesn't do any of that kind of stuff and he gets a flower of krakoa to try to build a gateway so they can get out of there and um a sentinel comes and captures Silabell. rasputin tries to make another save it just doesn't work and you know they teleport out of there and it, it will come back later you know, kind of, what were you thinking about this scene, brother Beavis? You know, it's well, uh, there's a lot going on here. Uh, yeah. Different it's, looking it's, sentinels, three heads. I mean, there's a lot going on.
2: It's very um, Days of Future Pasty, uh, mm-hmm. first of all. Um, yes. And so, yeah, and I think it, I had a little bit of trouble like figuring out who was who and trying to figure out what motivations were, and then we get on the tail end, we get some narrative that starts to explain a little bit more about the world so yeah i mean the f- first thing i just took it as was like this is the this is the mutant human conflict that we've seen in days of future past and every iteration since
0: mm-hmm.
1: right
0: mm-hmm. what do you think about that scenes uh sandman before we get to explaining everything that it, they explained everything on the back end which is kind of common in these books so far
1: yeah it just when you're, you're kind of brought in, you're trying to, you're kind of struggling to understand exactly what's going on outside of the, like Viva said, this is very um, Days of Future Past-ish, and um, we, clearly there's some kind of faction of the Sentinels that looks like they've taken over humanity, period, or joined with humanity from what they, they call it the man, what is it, the man, um, something, ascendancy, or some crap like that, or, uh, and so, yeah. it's, and there's been, they're like, what, they're mutants, and they're, they're not mutants, they're hounds, um, they're, uh, there was so much information I was yeah. kind of struggling to yeah. kind of stay up on who yeah. was what, and, you know, yeah. and, but they're basically, the, the, these are the mutants and these are the sentinels, basically, and they're trying to capture them as always, and so, yeah,
0: and Well, something. The white page that comes after that for the explanation is called the Sinister line. So at some point in time in that 1,000 years or whatever, or 900 years, somewhere in that time the mutant population somehow gets low again. And so Sinister is um, tasked with helping to rebuild the mutant population. And instead of just finding mutants to fuck, he decides to um, start breeding on his own. (laughs) And he makes this mutant breeder line called the Sinister line. And, um, and obviously something's going to go wrong with it because Santa says that he's a dirty bitch and he starts to breed the mutants to like be more aggressive, you know, aggressive with military traits is what it says in there. And he also built something in them that would make them betray uh, someone else, which we'll come back to later. So his first round of breeds were just like single DNA mutants. The second round with the Chimera, they had two DNA strands, so he would combine two mutants together the third round had five mutant powers together. And then the fourth generation, you know, that group failed because they had, like, too much in it. It became, you know, a, a hive mind, a collective consciousness or whatever. And then those mutants turned and they destroyed Krakoa. Um, so they destroyed the Dream. So I'm sure that's what plays out when we get to the other part here. But, yeah. And then the Cardinals, the Red Devils, are, were outliers of version 3. And they're all pacifists. So the Nightcrawler character or Azazel character is an outlier from his mutant breeding program. I mean, again, ambitious. This is a lot. And I think, honestly, for me, Brother Beavis, yeah, exactly. Honestly, for me, Brother Beavis, is a lot for us. And we're used to reading dense comics from the past. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine a new comic reader or a modern comic reader jumping on this and being like, oh, yeah, this is cool.
2: Yeah. And I remember a lot of the... A lot of the, uh, I'll go back to Secret Wars just for an example. A lot of the big sort of crossover events, I mean, they're 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 toilet books. I mean, take, yeah. you can read them while you yeah. take a shit. And mm-hmm. if you're going to try and read this, you better be backed up. I mean, you would have some <laughs> payday. <on there. laughs> but I do like the fact that, you know, rather than trying to <clears throat> sort of make sense of it or allude to it, that they give you like a sort of a cutout and they go yeah. a little bit more detailed, but at the same time, it's still a narrative. It's not like there's an encyclopedia stuck in there. It's still told in the yeah. in the context of the story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. And again, and I, and I think I mentioned to y'all like in the course of reading this, or at least after reading House of X, I was like, you know what? I was out of the comic book game when Hickman became really popular, and I think I kind of started getting back into it around the time of Secret Wars. Uh, 3 when he which he had wrote and I didn't read that you know that version of the Avengers and, and that, we've talked about this on a different podcast before like when the Avengers movie came out or before the Avengers movie came out like they the Avengers comic book like shit everybody was a fucking Avenger like it was just ridiculous <laughs> new yes. Avengers dark Avengers that was it's just you know secret the Avengers, name yeah. had secret mm-hmm. Avengers yeah it had just become like it, it just didn't mean anything and so you know, I wasn't reading the book, and so I was like, you know what? People talk about his run on the Avengers or whatever as this is this some magical thing. I was like, you know what? Let me go back and read it because really, my most familiarities with him was with Secret Wars three, and I wasn't impressed. So I've been hmm. starting to read his Avengers run or whatever, and let me tell you something, man. Five or six issues in, however far I'm in, like I get why people was on his nuts so hard. Uh, hmm. It's a good book. It's also very much like this. There's a whole lot going on and you can't read that shit um, like with an inch of possible sleepiness in your mind because you will <laughs> miss something and you're not going to catch it back and you're going to be completely confused. And so I think this is very much like that is that he's writing something like, look, you, you guys asked for a book that had meaning and purpose to it. Well, I'm giving it to you. So pay close attention. And that's kind of where we are. Um, hmm. So, yeah, I. I I I, I don't fully understand it. I'm sure some of it will get fully explained later on or more explained. But, yeah, it it gets confusing at this point. And we haven't even gotten to year, like, what, a thousand or whatever. Um, (laughs) It gets really confusing. Um, So, yeah. And then Sinister is killed. After the betrayal, Sinister is actually killed by the man-machine supremacy. uh, Killed publicly. And I yeah, and I think that is Nimrod. Uh, so, it's yeah. Him. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, we're still in year 100, the Tower of Nimrod. Uh, Nimrod looks like he's sitting on the Iron Throne, by the way, when they actually show him. Um, <laughs> uh, and he's got his his handmaiden is Omega. And then they bring Cyclabel there, the, the hunters that came there. And then they're trying to basically figure out why were those mutants at what i think it was the nexus where they were captured or whatever what did they do why were y'all at the nexus how did they get past the security protocols and all this and Cyclabel is the new mutant hounds have these black brains or whatever that will help them not uh be resistant to you know uh people trying to read their minds or do these things and so they're coming up with this plan essentially to try to figure out you know how to um how to figure out what she knows or how she knows it or when she knew it or whatever, and they come up with this program where they're going to, like, to, what is it, bathe her? And my note yeah. here says, uh, hey, and my note here says, yeah, <laughs> my note here says, Brother Beavis, you want to tell any of your bath stories at my house? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: <Jesus. laughs> I was just, the, the first contest, bathe her and bring her to me. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that this is this is the divide between East and West Dayton. The kind of prevalence of baths for adults. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you turn the shower yeah. on? Yeah, you don't. What?
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah.
0: What's so shower? Omega is.
2: Omega was in the first... She was in House of X. She's the sentinel that's attached to that uh, space station around the sun. Oh,
0: okay. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot that.
2: That's right.
0: I did not draw that conclusion. Okay, yeah, cool.
2: Yeah, and so that's that's where, like, you know, that story was teasing, like, the eventuality of the, you know, humanity uh, embraces uh, machines and technology to fight the mutants, but then ultimately gets, like... Uh, kind of subsumed. Like, the, the ultimate mm. conflict becomes mutants versus computers, and, and man kind of gets dealt out. And mm. at least here, the humans are subservient to Nimrod and, and Omega.
0: Yeah. Mm. and Nimrod's plan is to go full Brainiac, essentially, because he's going to take all of this data from all the mutants that he gathers, and essentially, like, you know, boil it into the uh, put it into the blender and you know make this one whole consciousness that he can you know kind of have for himself and I mean it's straight up brainiac style and so then they go back and explain the kennel which is where they bred the um, the, the the hounds uh, again bred for portrayal even though that they have to hunt their own mutants, it, it was built into them that eventually that they would kind of, you know, come to the side of the people that they were hunting. And again, that was built into them by, uh, by sen- uh, Sinister. Mm. Um, so, I mean, it's there's a lot going on there's here. There's a ton um, of stuff. It's just a lot. A lot of history. Yeah, it's just a lot. A lot. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot. You know, and again, in a sense, I, I appreciate this. That and again, I probably shouldn't speak this into existence. I appreciate the fact that they're telling me what happens in like three or four paragraphs, as opposed to making and this month the kennel by freaking mm-hmm. whoever and whoever for three or four mm-hmm. months to make an extra book to try to tie the story together. Like I yeah. appreciate not doing that yeah. because that right. that's modern comics. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, you want to know about the yeah? You want to know about the kennel? Pick up this series yeah. by such and such and such and such and learn more. Like, I didn't need all of that. You could explain it on a, a fucking splash page. Uh, so back on Krakoa, um, this is, gets confusing too. Uh, the Cardinal has to explain why he ran like a bitch. Uh, he's like, I'm not made for violence. Uh, and then Rasputin is like, yeah. He's like, you s- I don't want to unleash my typical strength
2: on, on on the rest of the world. <laughs>
0: Uh to quote Hutch on here, he's like, Who's he fighting? Cops. Um so <laughs> they get only, only beat up police officers. Alright, so um If he has four so rounds. Get, Yeah, exactly. For taking forever too. good Lord. So once he gets once they get back to Krakoa, they are greeted by a group of mutants. Uh all right. okay, so Wolverine is there. We know that one. Uh, Magneto, but now he's in green, and uh, I don't know why, but he's got a green outfit on. There's some dude in the back that I have no idea who it is. Is, is, is that and the Zorn? Other one? I think is group.
1: Who with, with X X O L? How do you say it? Zorn. Uh, Z- yeah. Zorn. Oh. Maybe Zorn. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, the yet. helmet Maybe. is
2: the helmet is reminiscent of Zorn, but Zorn was an alternate identity of Magneto. So yeah, was the sure way it played out, chair. but that was the only thing I could think of. Yeah.
0: That's not, that's uh, not and Groot. Then, is it? Yeah, <laughs> I, I I wrote it down as Groot question mark. It could
1: yeah.
0: be. Um, yeah, or it could just yeah be I don't, don't know. Groot's not a mutant, but he's not a mutant. Mm-hmm. Um, so and he, that means he wouldn't be able to be on Krakoa based on what we knew before. Yeah. Or I guess he could go if a mutant brought him uh I, yeah i was like who in the world is that um so but whatever I mean, they do is that. green
2: would would suggest some confluence with polaris at some point that's always been her signature color mm-hmm. and obviously they're related so i mean that could be mm-hmm. it but
0: yeah yeah okay No, uh, i don't know no <laughs> uh, so yeah but whatever they did at the Nexus, they were successful. They probably got another flash drive. I don't know what flash drives look like 100 years from now. But they got the flash drive, too, and they have been successful. And then now you're like, okay, so we got three or two parallel stories, essentially, where there was a mission. They needed to get something from somebody someplace. They were successful on that mission and had to bring it back to Krakoa in two different timelines. And so... This next timeline, when we get to the last section there, doesn't really deal with that, but it kind of does. Um, and so, a thousand years from now, or ten thousand years from no, excuse me, uh, what is this, X3? So what's that? Yeah. A thousand. One, thousand. So, one,
1: one
0: thousand. thousand. One thousand. Yeah, so, the, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I forgot, I skipped over that. And then they talk about the surviving mutants in this thing. There's about ten thousand of them left. Uh, and they are both parts of, in parts of the Shi'ar Empire, like, one of them's on, on the Benevolence, so uh, 8,000 of them. Yeah. And then about 2,000 of them are, like, warriors on Chandelar. And I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, I, Brother Beavis, I'm like, okay, so now the Shi'ar are involved in this, too? Like, I, I mean, every string that you could pull is being pulled into this.
2: Yeah. And they mm-hmm. tease this with some of the reveals for the series that follow, um, and to my knowledge, the X-Men really haven't meaningfully dipped into a lot of their cosmic adventures, um, mm-hmm. that were really kind of a staple in the run through the 80s. Yeah. Big
0: time. Yeah, they've definitely been earthbound, you know, in the last few years, for sure. Um, yeah. remember we were at X-Men, what was that X-Men Go where the women went to prison? Like, <sighs> awesome some bullshit? Remember that? It's, yeah. Uh, oh my <laughs> god. Awful. Awful. Yeah just awful and so yeah and so there's talk there too about um there's six mutants that are uh like essentially super soldiers that working with the imperial guard for the shiar Shiar, and and then there's also mutants that they're using yeah Yeah. for warrior stock uh yeah i mean so the breeding of the mutants continues um yeah all right year 1000 um Nimrod the Great, and now he's, he's gone full freaking uh, Brainiac at this point, because he's just a little freaking, um, he's just a little machine. Yeah, and then you have this little bald lady. I think it's a lady, but I'm not all I together did, sure. I, I assume okay, it's Xavier. Yeah. yeah, I did too. Some version of him, right? what? Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know. And they're just talking about, like, he was successful in his Brainiac program of, like, Boiling everybody down to the consciousness of whatever right.
2: and he was successful. he was, all, he was like and, a mole He was a mole for the mutants on the man machine side mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and he, <laughs> he was able to do it And so now like like most missions that are accomplished this is like okay So now what basically yeah. like I this is what I my, this was my purpose I did my purpose and now I don't know really not my purpose of to do is because I was successful in my mission and You know I, I don't know But their their biggest accomplishment, however, is the fact that they've captured like whatever humans are left. They've captured them in an area that is called the preserve. And, you know, it's essentially like keeping them like old dinosaur bones, I think, is the throwback line to it. And, you know, essentially like, well, you know, we keep them here to make sure that, you know, we never fall under their particular rule again. You know, and they cut into the the preserve, which is like this big yellow globe or whatever. And it looks like uh, essentially Adam and Eve are inside there. Um, And like a version of whatever uh, earthly or manly paradise would be. And that's pretty much the end of the issue. So The Thousand Years only gets like a couple of pages as the other ones take up the majority of the book. And, you know, that's kind of cut, you know, in roll credits, you know, like, okay. I, I told y'all, like I snuck out at, from work and went to the local comic book store, got the book, came back, started thumbing through it. And I was like, man, this is interesting. Then work started tripping and I couldn't read it at all. And I didn't get a chance to start to read it again, really, until last night. And then I read it again this morning and I'm just like, okay, I still don't know what I got. I <laughs> have no idea. Like for the most part, like I for the most part, like I don't know what's happening, but it's not a, I don't know what's happening in a bad way it's just that yeah, I don't know what's happening right yeah kind of around the room Sandman like what was your thought overall besides confusion
1: <laughs> yeah confusion is definitely in there but um it's based kind of uh, continue what you said yeah like I am still intrigued and I'm very interested and in, in, uh the style of storytelling they're doing because they they are dropping a lot of um, of um, information, but I do kind of like appreciate like the like the updates they do with the paragraphs and stuff. So your brings you up to speed, and um, I I I don't know why I like it. I just like that style, and um, and so I'm um, yeah I don't know what's going on, but I am still intrigued to find out. And if this has a I was thinking earlier when we were talking about it, I think this has a pretty epic feel of like um, there's over a thousand years of history going on here and stuff so I hope they can it doesn't descend into minutia and and just craziness like comics have done and just we've seen it before you know just books will just kind of just spin off into whatever and then you're like wow that was really started well and ended up being a big ball of shit at the end so Mm -hmm. I hope that he can keep this under control if you know what I mean keep it stable. Yeah. so we can come along with it and you know keep keep feeding us information keep feeding the story and uh eventually when we finally get to the end and hopefully understand everything that's going on it'll still be a good story so i'm still on board though i I'm, i don't know what's yeah. going on but i'm still on board i like it
0: brother Beavis. it seems like we're going to get this time travel story at some point in time like it just it's inevitable That you can't have something that's a thousand years in the future and then still telling a story that's in the present day that are connected together. At some point, somebody's got to meet. It's just inevitable. And time travel gets goofy. Um, It just gets goofy. And so that part worries me a little bit. So kind of what are you thinking two issues into this uh, 12-issue run, I guess?
2: Right. So for this one, like I, I kind of look at the beginning with this almost dreamy sequence of Charles Xavier first kind of uh, developing the dream, and the very end. Um, and what I think is going on is is almost like a Matrix situation, like they've they've mm-hmm. distilled the mutants into their digital equivalents, and there is this they've there is this artificial world that exists essentially across time. Now. and and when we've looked at some of the other books that are almost like it's a new world it's a different world it may just be that it's a world within this sort of digital representation but how that how that bridges the different time gaps and how the story that appears to be playing out in the uh, x1 um, modern day story how that bridges over to this futuristic timeline and whether those get reconciled i don't know but that's that's sort of what I I took. Uh, I mean, this is just pure conjecture. But that was my perspective: was rather than alternate universe or different worlds or stuff, that it was actually they've they've created this digital reality in which the mutants exist because they've all mm-hmm. been reduced over time, um, and their essence has been stored. But you know, again, if that's true, then what is the challenge, and and why is it still yeah. exist, and what is everybody doing? I have no idea.
0: Yeah, and we brought up this kind of matrix, like, thought process, you know, from the first one, you know, and again, I wish I had Hutch on here to kind of discern this, because he's a bigger fan of that than all of us, and he's, you know, Mm -hmm. dug deeper into it than than all of us, too, and, but that was a part of it, too, when I saw them being, you know, kind of born, and this come to me, my X-Men, this idea that they created this you know, the machines, this was the way for the machines to win. So, the, you know, make you think that you do have independence while we still control your every move. Like, that's a story mm-hmm. that really hasn't been told through the X-Men before. And it would be interesting, but it also leads to a, okay, well, you know, which is part of the reason why the other uh, Matrix movies suck. Like, what happens when you wake up to humans? Because yeah. once you've done that and you have the final battle, mm-hmm. then what? Because if, you, you, All if you, you can do if is you throw defeated, a rave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight we with dance a, with a lot of <laughs> drums. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and it becomes like so. Once you've created, once you've defeated the collective consciousness, then that's it. You know, there's nothing for you're nothing for you to come back from from that. There isn't, and that's it. You know, and you know, it, yeah. It, so I. Mm-hmm my note says, man, this feels like the Matrix. Um, So, like, I see where this... I see, like, we're kind of thinking on the same thing, and I don't want to, you know... I I don't know. That makes me nervous, because, obviously, the Matrix didn't end well. Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, like, I don't know... Yeah, it is. and So I don't know where that goes from here. But, um, yeah, like, two issues in, I, I mean, I'm in. I mean, I'm definitely anticipating the book next week. For sure. Uh, I think now once you've laid a little bit of groundwork here, which they've done a lot of, then you can start to tell more of a specific story because now you're not world building. And I don't know how much world building he was planning on doing here. Like to me, it would seem that you built a lot of world here in these two issues. And now you can start to drill down into the story. But again, you know, there's still five issues of each book left. Um yeah. And these there's aren't really short books either, you know. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot going, there's a lot in there. So it's not, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. So around the room, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Let's just go with this issue, not to combine the two of them. So thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Uh, Sandy. I'm going to go, I was
1: going to say thumbs up definitely at first one. I'll probably go thumbs in the middle. I, I mean, I do like this, like I said before, but uh, com- compared to the first book, the first book really kind of wowed me. I still have that feeling, but this is more in the middle for me, if I have to be honest with myself. I mean, I like where they're going still. I'm still on board, but uh, this is um, more midway for me. So. Yeah. Wow,
0: okay. Brother Beavis, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle.
1: Yeah, I definitely hear what you're
2: saying, Sandman, because I think the first one was, uh, you know, not explosive by any means, but it was more of sort of a blockbuster experience. And yeah. this one is a little, it's different. But, you know, for as many times as we've decried the simplicity of modern comics and and the ease with which they're read and the, the, and the limited content that were actually presented, I have to say thumbs up, otherwise I, I, I would be a hypocrite. I mean... I, it doesn't mm-hmm. have the same punch as the first one for sure but it's got uh, an incredible amount of content and it's spinning stuff out and it's not just confusing I mean we've seen so many things it's like I'm going to show you a bunch of stuff that's not going to make sense and it, nothing is really mm-hmm. clear but they're giving us stuff to to hang on to and I think it's It's almost like uh, telling the first an extension of the first story in in sort of a different direction, a different dimension. So, just from the perspective of we've asked for substance and we've asked for you know something that's worth reading and and something that's worth rereading. I gotta go thumbs up.
0: Mm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm more thumbs. I'm more thumbs in the middle only because I didn't really know what the hell I was reading. (laughs) <laughs> and until I kind of get a better sense of it, now again, th- that's not making necessarily making it in a bad thing, because I definitely wouldn't uh, call this a bad comic book, like not in the least. It's no, just like it's I don't know what's fully going on, and until I do, I'm like holding reserve and judgment or whatever. It's like, oh, okay, like now when I can put like puzzle, you know, pieces of that puzzle together, I'm like, oh, okay, now I like, get this or whatever. And I'm, and I, and again, just using that Avengers. um blueprint or whatever as i'm just getting through that first story arc there you know there's a lot going on in that with you know uh, the avengers the illuminati the just freaking invasion of you know of earth and freaking worlds collide there's a whole lot going on in like six issues and as i'm getting through like the first story arc stuff that i didn't really understand in the first couple of issues gets explained in the last like you know in the last issue of the first story arc i was like oh i get it You know, so while you're, you know, it's kind of one of those things While you're in the middle of it, you don't really know what's going on, but, you know, you, like a book, you know, you're, like, pushing through, like, I don't know why they did that, but then by the end of it, you're like, oh, you know, the freaking butler did it, you know, with the candlestick. Got it. You know, so, okay. So that's what I'm kind of waiting for, and you were just kind of in the middle. Like I said, I think we've definitely been somewhat damaged by modern comics where we just don't get, like, this kind of, um, mystery yeah. and intrigue and exactly. whatever and I this mean think about it like this short I'm, I'm Yeah, sorry. think I'm about it like this, this, this short Go ahead. Dude.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say this is very much like the old-school type of uh, Storytelling where they're um, putting in the teasers, you know, with Charles mm-hmm. Xavier and Moira at the beginning and they um, Just give you a little bit and then they don't go back to it. So you know, they're gonna come back to it at, um, another book you know eventually so mm-hmm. and modern comics they haven't been doing that a lot so, um, this is definitely more of an old school
0: approach yeah and think about this like think of we're two issues and we've read what probably 50 pages of comic book here probably a little bit more than that mm-hmm. short of um Rasputin's battle with some sentinel like robots or whatever and hunters and the Fantastic Four fighting against Sabretooth that's the only boom-bam-biff we've seen in 50 mm. pages of comic books. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, like, you literally could reduce it. You could literally reduce it to four pages of fighting, and the rest of it has been all world-building and plot and dialogue. Yeah. That's not modern comics. No. Like, any, <laughs> at all. No. So, but, yeah, like I get that part, and it's appreciated for sure, especially at the prices, so, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm down, so, okay, alright, so that wraps up Power of X, I didn't even get to my math jokes, Brother B, so I'm gonna leave it for another time, <laughs> man, Maybe cause I got some, yeah, that's not good, uh, so yeah, so uh, remember, you're better to find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, rate, review, subscribe, um, Brothers Comics News, Hutch is in uh, Indianapolis at GymCon, uh, getting his nerd on hard. Uh been trying to post pictures to Twitter so if you wanna I mean, see Hutch which you'll see at least what he's doing over there. Uh, so you can check that out. Uh DragonCon at the end of the month in Atlanta. Like I said, I don't know who's gonna be there. Probably Hutch. Um but yeah, with DragonCon in uh at the end of the la- was that Labor Day weekend in Atlanta. And then uh hopefully Baltimore Comic Con uh, with Brother Beavis here in October. Uh so yeah, so I gotta write this article saying Yes, you do. Yeah, so we got them. yeah we got those on the plate uh, coming up. I don't think there's any other ones in between now and then. So yeah, it's, uh, good stuff. I I will say this one. So uh, what's, uh I used to do the uh, the Riverdale TV show podcast with these two ladies or whatever. And I dropped out of doing it because I just didn't enjoy the show, I, you know, and they, and they kept it going. They turned it into their whole new thing. And so, you know, I listened to their recap show instead of watching the show because I just couldn't sit through Riverdale anymore. So, yada, yada, yada. So last year, she lives in, one of the ladies lives in Pennsylvania. And she's like, hey, there's this Comic-Con or whatever, like Keystone Comic-Con or something in Philadelphia or whatever. So I was thinking about going or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, oh, you know, all right. Um... I was like, hey, you know, you can go for brother's comics. I was like, I'll apply for a press pass. You know, maybe you'll get it or whatever. She's like, oh, okay, cool. So I applied for it. I got it. She's like, oh my god, I got it. And, you know, I'm so happy. So I'm gonna take me and my kids. My husband, we're gonna go over there. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Have fun or whatever. So this year's one's coming up again. It's probably sometime in October as well. And she's like, um, we're gonna apply again for it. I'm like, sure, absolutely, I applied for it. She hadn't heard if she got it back yet. But then the other day they were like, hey, yeah, by the way, um, on Sunday, Tom Holland's going to be there. I'm like, oh, yeah, one day only, Tom Holland's going to come to whatever Comic-Con this thing is. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> was like, wow. dang, dang. Wow. Yeah, so I'm really excited for her if she actually gets it. She's like, uh, I'm really hoping that they do it now and probably going to go even if they don't pay for it. So, uh, yeah, so hopefully her name, her screen name is C. So hopefully C. gets that. She should hear this week uh, if they're going to get a chance to go. So. Right. Yeah, that's it. That. But other than that, no other Brothers comics business. Uh, you'll be able to find me, the, San, uh, uh, the producer, at uh, at Brothers comics on what Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find Samman at Samman four one five on Facebook and Twitter. Brother readers and the ether, and that's it, man. All right, so it's uh, wrap up time. X Men animated music is going to start to play us out. Brother Beavis, it's lemon cake night, man. You know, it's uh, it's time to time to jump in that lemon cake late at night. Like, I gotta go glaze it on Friday. Oh, I gotta go God. glaze it, lately. Gotta go glaze the cake. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. some
2: people get baked on Friday. Some people bake on Friday. <laughs> just saying. Wow. I just wanna. Yeah, make the lemon pound cake just so it's clear which side I fall on. That's all I'm saying.
0: Understood. Yeah, there are two versions. There are definitely two versions of getting baked on Friday night. Um, (laughs) I am going to... uh, Y'all know my routine. I'm going to wait for y'all to upload audio and go start (laughs) and go watch Avengers. Uh, Avengers Watch Infinity War
2: and edit a podcast, just like every Yeah, pretty much. Yep, That's pretty much my whole...
0: (laughs) That's pretty much my whole thing. Like, well, let me do that. You know, you know. Now that uh, Endgame is actually out on digital so on video digital or whatever, out. so yeah. now there's better copies out there to, to watch. I am not a I'm not, are y'all. Are y'all digital download people? I'm not. I still I, yeah. I still need physical copies of things. I'm a physical.
2: I, yeah. I do want physical copy, but I tend to get the downloads. Well, I'm holding out for like I talked about this before. I'm assuming there's a box set that's coming out. And, uh I have yeah. to decide whether I'm gonna yeah. pay my mortgage or buy it and, uh, <laughs> yeah. <we'll
0: see> <laughs> yeah it is it, yeah it is one of those choices but you know I say that I say that and I have infinity war on DVD blu-ray the whole nine or whatever mm. and then they put it on Netflix and I'm, I'm it's, it's sitting there unopened and I know there's parts that I want to see in the the hidden, you know, director's, you know, I love director's commentary and all that stuff. I was like, I should do that, but I just, I haven't even opened a damn thing. It's just sitting there. And I, I kind of fear Endgame will be the same way if I wind up getting it. Like, yeah, hey, just sit there, because they're going to put it on freaking Netflix. Well, actually, they probably won't put it on Netflix now, with Disney Plus coming. But, yeah, anyway. <laughs> Alright. So, the, uh, the X-Men start to play us out. Uh, Sandman, go ahead and sign off.
1: Alright, people. We'll uh, see you in the next episode.
0: Yes, episode three, uh, coming soon to a podcast near you. Brother Beaver, sign off. We got this shit in under an hour, y'all. Under an hour. Y'all better recognize. All
2: right, well, we got to go. We'll see you guys next week.
0: <laughs> we got to go. no, 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 no. All right, everybody, we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Out.